Welcome back to the Children's Wellness Spot, your space to talk with me, Dr. Virgil, board-certified pediatrician, also known as Dr. V, about all the things related to the emotional and physical wellness of your babies through their teen years. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about Prematurity Awareness. November is Prematurity Awareness Month. And as a lot of you know, there are many awareness months in in the year. So October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We have a Domestic Violence Awareness Month. We have Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. And I could go on. It's so hard to keep up with them sometimes. Um, At the time of this recording, it is actually the day of the child. Can you believe that? A whole day dedicated to acknowledging the importance of children. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, Many of us may not have even known that. I love these months because on social media, we can raise awareness for those topics that we didn't even know about. We can draw attention to things that are personal and near and dear to our hearts, which can also translate to change, investing, donating money into organizations that create change and improvements in health outcomes. So we say that November is the month of premature awareness. So for many of us, though, it's so much more than just a month where we wear purple, which is the color. It's an acknowledgement of a journey. Sometimes this journey for parents can start with a lot of fear. A baby that comes unexpected is shocking. The circumstances around the birth can be so traumatic, high blood pressure, um, water that breaks unexpectedly in a restaurant, out in the community and all of a sudden everyone is caught up in a whirlwind and life is totally turned upside down and each moment after that is lived literally holding your breath because these babies parents don't know day to day what's going to happen to them whether they're going to get off of a ventilator if they're on one whether they're going to be able to eat without a feeding tube whether or not they're going to be able to hold their temperature in each day how long will their child be in the near neonatology unit. And so thanks to the continuous improvements in the subspecialty, which is what we call the specialty within pediatrics of neonatology, we have seen these premature babies live longer, thrive, and are being cared for with better health outcomes. So through their childhood all the way into adult life, babies who are born sometimes as early as 27, 28 weeks are doing really, really well. And again, that's thanks to the improvements in the subspecialty of neonatology. So what is a premature baby? What is that actually in definition? It is a baby that's born before 37 weeks of gestation. So gestation is the time in which the mom is carrying the baby in the pregnancy. So if they're born before 37 weeks, then they're considered to be premature. Um, The rate of prematurity in the United States is really high, especially in the south region of the USA. Um, The March of Dimes, which is a fantastic organization, nonprofit organization that has done a lot of advocacy and research um, around prematurity, has for the second year in a row given the United States a grade of D plus. Can you believe it? D plus for the high rates of preterm birth in our country, in the United States. So um, they rate that at about 10.4% in 2022 and a plateau this year. So they just released this report not too long ago. Um, And these numbers, this percent, 10.4, is the highest in over a decade. And premature um, births 
and infant death continues to be the leading cause of deaths in, in infants. And so that information is just astounding to think of all the technology that we have at our fingertips. I'm sitting here near my smartphone, for example, and all of the advances that we have, we are still so far behind countries similar in gross national product GDP, um, domestic product than we are. So we have a lot of work to do. Um, and then just depending on what happens to your premature baby um, or anyone's premature baby, the experience in the NICU can be so, so varied. You can have babies that do f- fantastic. They're born a little early. They are in the NICU for a couple of days because they need to regulate their blood sugar or they need to regulate their temperature. But then you have some babies that are in the NICU for an extended period of time. So the NICU is also known as the neonatal, so newborn intensive care unit. Um, And they can be there for a wide range of issues from needing to gain weight, needing higher calorie formulas, medications for reflux. Sometimes they need feeding tubes, um, may have cardiac issues. It is a range of things. And this doesn't just end when the baby, what we call graduates of the NICU. So there is in most NICUs such an awesome um, tradition where the babies literally are celebrated as they leave because some of them have been there for months and weeks. And so once they graduate from the NICU, the experience doesn't end. Prematurity is something that can carry with the child throughout their childhood all the way into their adult years, depending on how significant the challenge challenges they may have faced. Um, so again, some of the patients that I take care of who are NICU graduates can continue to have issues gaining weight. So those babies go home from the NICU needing formulas like Neoshore, and that's a, just a a trade name of a a formula that has higher calories, or they have to have standard formula like an isomil or Similac or a Gerber that's just more concentrated. So increase um, cups of the powder to make it higher calorie. Some of these babies have so much reflux in the NICU that they continue to need that medication when they leave the NICU and in their home setting. And again, some of them go home with feeding tubes. I have taken care of preterm infants who have continuing respiratory issues after being in the NICU. So they leave the NICU needing oxygen tanks at home, nasal cannulas, what we call this small tube that goes in their nasal passage and gives them oxygen, just usually a little bit to help support them. And some of those um, babies actually have a more difficult time with respiratory infections during the seasons like we're in right now. So things like RSV can impact a newborn baby that's premature um, in a much more serious way than um, full-term infants. So there's always that behind-the-scene situation. Also, a baby that's born premature can have... Um, experiences of developmental delay. Sometimes it's very small things that they can catch up on fairly quickly. And most preterm babies should uh, catch up if you know by the first year of life. 
that is with interventions in Georgia. We have an intervention called Babies Can't Wait, and it's fantastic because they come and work with our at-risk babies, which are preterm babies, on things like gross motor skills. They're crawling, they're sitting up, and all of that. So these babies can experience gross motor delay. They can have issues with their fine motor coordination. So how does my baby kind of scrape at items and toys and move things in their hands? Communication is another big one. So sometimes these babies will have speech delay. And these are things that you pick up along that first year of life. So if we think about those checkups that our newborn infants go to at two and four and six months, each of those visits involves a lot of questionnaires called ages and stages questionnaires, um, which are getting to the heart of what the baby can do. And so when we have a, a baby that's been diagnosed with prematurity, at whatever number of weeks, then we know that we have to just be more in tune to that because there's a higher potential for that speech delay, gross motor delay. Um, and, and sometimes pediatricians will actually see those babies more frequently than the standard two, four, six, nine month interval because we know that there's opportunities to intervene as soon as we determine that there's a problem. And then the last thing that a lot of kids who are born premature can have as they get into older um, elementary school age, middle school, high school is um, noticeable executive function concern. So when I say that, I mean just processing, thought processing. There can be some challenges with um, attention and focus and behavioral issues. So just a wide gamut of things that you really couldn't pick up when they were maybe like a first or second grader because kids in that age group, even kindergarten, are just so busy or they can generally have issues sitting still because they're young but as as the child moves through elementary school middle school high school we start to notice that there is a real differentiation there's like a real difference between them and kids of similar age and we can trace that back to whatever it was that caused them to have premature delivery whether it was you know hypertension in the mom and they were born early some babies have just um oxygen deprivation issues when they're born and that can cause them to have issues. So for me, as a pediatrician who takes care of these children throughout their whole life, I love to help families tackle the hurdles as they come. I would say that all of us do. And so we talk a lot about you know, we've survived the NICU, we've survived the challenges of that first few weeks of life, but now we're moving into a phase where together, hand in hand, we're going to look for, actively look for any challenges that we can find in this child so that we can intervene early so that this child can have the most success. Um, because the key is early intervention and early recognition. So while we advocate and legislate for improved prenatal care for mothers, which will hopefully decrease the rates of prematurity, we want to encourage our families and our communities to know that you need a team around your child, your loved ones, that includes your teachers of your children, coaches, anyone who's interacting with your child um, if they're premature or with your grandchild or your niece or nephew it's really important to have a team approach and to not feel the stigma of any delays that may come up because that can sometimes delay our interventions so I want to thank organizations like March of Dimes for their consistent commitment to raising awareness um, I also don't want to stop this conversation without thinking about 
the fact that um, children of color are actually two times more likely to be born premature in this country than um, kids of other ethnicities. So this is something that we can improve with advocacy, with awareness, and with addressing the systemic issues that impact why we have um, outcomes that are different in different ethnicities in different parts of the country. Um, but also just want to applaud March of Dimes for the work that's been done. There's a lot that we still need to do to improve outcomes. And um, want to encourage everyone out there to consider connecting with a March of Dimes um, chapter in your city, in your community. And um, also to know that we are all connected and prematurity is not just about what happens to the mom and the baby. It's about what happens to the child through their life. And so if we can address those issues in the beginning, we can all have children in our communities that have better outcomes, lead more productive and healthy lives. And so with that, I want to um, encourage you all to Look into supporting March of Dimes. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful holiday season. Until next time, at the spot. Mm-hmm.